Hey guys, Texas Slim here. We have a special guest, a very good friend of mine today. Uh, we're going to be presenting Adam Curry's presentation at the Georgia Beef Initiative Summit that we had at White Oak Pastures hosted by Will Harris. His, uh, his presentation is based on something that we're all moving forward to. And I wanted everybody to understand that um, the relationship that I have with Adam started about a year ago. And he had heard me and met me through Marty Bent. And what it was, it was from day one, it was based on a value for value exchange of integrity, respect. And uh, we've had a roadmap the last 12 months that he's helped me develop more professionally uh, I hope that I've helped him uh, develop a little bit more within food intelligence itself and uh, what it is. I'm always working and striving to basically match the value for value exchange in which I feel obligated to. And it's a sense of uh, personal accountability. Uh, Adam has traveled around the United States now many times over. He's traveled around the world. Uh, but what he is, he's heavily invested into the Beef Initiative and to the success of what I am trying to do as far as Texas Slam, the Beef Initiative, uh, from everything from the source of the seed all the way to the vertical integration to uh, from the soil to your fork. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, this is the new international lifestyle he uh, he basically, you know, he is the podfather. He, you know, he's been going with No Agenda, his podcast, for over 15 years now, right about there. Almost 1,500 episodes, I believe. But one thing that they do is they, they do value for value exchange. They go out there and they ask everybody, hey, do you find this valuable? If you find this valuable, give back. Give us your time, talent, and treasure. That is what the Beef Initiative is about. If you find what we are doing valuable, go to our page, go to our platform. We have a donation page there, and it's based on a value for value exchange. One thing that I will be releasing here pretty soon, especially going into 2023, is our scholarship fund. We have a formal scholarship fund. It is a nonprofit, and it's the voice for and of the American rancher. And we're going to give a new voice to the American rancher. And one way we're going to do it is we're going to allow the ranchers that come in through the Beef Initiative to have a voice in which they never have had, especially a digital voice. But one voice that they really need to leverage moving forward as we recreate the beef industry in the United States and across the world is that they are educators. And so what I did is I put up one full Bitcoin of my own that I did. I'm not a rich man. It was. It took time for me to get there. And I guarantee you, I bought it a lot more expensive than that 20000 But that doesn't matter. It's a long-term store of value that I believe in. And most of you hopefully believe in the same. But by saying that, we need your help. I'm not a rich man. Like I've said many times over, I have a, drive an old pickup truck. I'm basically homeless. Uh, I have proof of work. I, I basically liquidated my life over three years ago to accomplish this. This is a lifelong endeavor for me. It's a lifelong opportunity for me. And it's a lifelong gift that I get to steward everything that we're doing moving forward. So on that note, give. Give us your time, talent, and treasure. Give what you can. Um, go to the Beef Initiative. Get invested. Why are you here? This is not entertainment. This is a lifestyle. It's based on a value-for-value value exchange. Let's get moving uh, forward together. This is a collaboration. This is open-sourced. This is crowdsourced. We're all doing this together.
go recruit, bring everybody in. We're going to go save some children's lives based on value for value exchange. It's the new international lifestyle. Take a look at Adam right now. You'll think the same thing. Love you guys. It's. Uh, I think I've met almost everybody. If not, still need to speak for uh, before the big bonfire after supper. I got. I got it. I got it. Um, Charles, man, thank you so much. Whenever you know, I've been around entertainment, music, television, all my all my professional life. So I know when people are showmen when they have certain attributes, and Charles's voice. Like, when he talks, I expect him to break into a country song. A darling, why did you leave me? And why did you leave me too? Twice? Sorry, I'm a two-timer too, brother. <laughs> yeah. It was, and just on that note, uh, I'm very, very blessed and fortunate that <clears throat> right around my 50s, uh, I met the love of my life, who I should have been with, of course, for many, many years. Uh, so, Charles, there is hope. For sure. For sure. It can happen. Uh, the bid block boom. Yeah, thank you. I want to talk about Slim in a moment as well. Uh, but uh, Mr. Will Harris and the entire Harris family and everyone working here, thank you so much for what you have done, for what you have brought in here, for how you've treated us, for the fantastic food, for the love. Incredibly educational. Uh, again, I've been around entertainment all my life, sir. You are a natural-born entertainer. That farm tour of yours is outstanding. He knows when to make the joke. It's, a, it's like a podcast, only he does it live three, three times a day. Really, and I, I'm like, I learned where the, the etymology of the word bully. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a big deal. Um, I'm very, very delighted that I believe you've accepted Joe Rogan's invitation to come on his show in a couple of weeks or so. <laughs> and Joe Rogan is kind of, in a way, a, a, a binding thread amongst a lot of people here. You heard Charles talk about it. Um, but Joe invited me on the show when he was still in Los Angeles in, uh, it was, I think it was February or March of 2020, so just before the lockdown. In fact, I remember flying to L.A., and uh, people had Gucci masks on and stuff. You know, it's L.A., of course. You know, that's what you expect. And uh, God bless Joe Rogan, because he did something really, really beautiful. He completely recertified me. You know, podcasting, Dave Wine and I invented that 18 years ago. There's a lot of people listening to podcasts who weren't alive at the time. So for Joe to, to create a recredentialize me where Charles knows I'm the podfather, you know, that, that it was such a boost for me in so many ways. Um, I was just thinking about podcasting 2.0. Um, there was, just, you know, stuff was kind of weird in the atmosphere. We didn't know what was going to happen. And um, because of Joe's exposure, um, our show doubled in the amount of people that were listening and the Joe Rogan show has such an impact and he is such a pure, honest human being. You will love your time there and it will do everybody good.
I prayed. I prayed for something with Beef, in, Beef Initiative or Food Intelligence to be on the Joe Rogan show. I really did. And I always thought, you know, that'll be slim. And he works in weird ways. It's you, sir. So, <laughs> you're not, you know. <laughs> but it's going to be great. I'm very excited to see that. And if, you know, if you come through Hill Country, Fredericksburg, where I live, we'd love to return some of the hospitality. <laughs> That's all right. You'll be able to sleep in your sleeping bag on our, on our, <laughs> that's how it works. So because of this, I met Marty Bent, Marty Bent, uh, connected me with Slim. Now, and you know, there's a, I've always kind of heard this Bitcoin beef kind of correlation, particularly in Austin. Um, now I moved out of Austin a year and a half ago because I felt it was time for me to re-enter the state of Texas <laughs> after 12 years, after 12 years, I needed it. Yeah. Yeah, Fredericksburg's still not far enough, really, now that I've been here, but it's a, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. So, uh, Marty connected me to Slim, and um, we had a meeting. Actually, we talked before, but I think Slim came to the house in Fredericksburg, and he sat me down, and he kind of, you heard the Heritage Women panel, he kind of said the same thing. Man, I'm doing this for the kids, for the children. And, and I looked at Slim like, bro, I'm kind of doing the same thing right now because with podcasting, and this is right around the same time when I went on the Joe Rogan show, Joe was leaving for Spotify. Apple Podcasts, who would, you know, I had given kind of them the, you know, the approval to please go roll out podcasting because Steve Jobs asked me if he could. They'd been really great stewards of it until they weren't. And they deplatformed, you know, five or six podcasts. Um, most notable Alex Jones, but X, uh, X-22 report, and all these, like, what is this? But and it wasn't just that Apple did it. It was in coordination with Facebook and YouTube. Like, this is bullshit. This is not, it's actually very dangerous, and that's not what we put podcasting. That wasn't the reason why we created it. Um, so that's when I started to look at a way to, you know, shore that up, and I'll give you some of the background of that. Um, but I... Kept bumping into these 30-year-olds, mainly men, you know, somewhere between, let's say, millennials, 27, 37 kind of age, give or take. And they were all kind of in Bitcoin and you know, lightning and podcasting. And every single one of them had the same story. And this is what really blew me away. I was born in 1990. People I'm talking to, my daughter is 32, so I can identify with what they're saying. Um, this was Gulf War One. It was really weird. I remember my daughter sitting in the rocking chair, you know, watching CNN. Um, then, of course, um, somewhere around middle school, 9-11. <laughs> I mean, you have to go back and think about how traumatizing that must have been for 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Don't worry, though. We got you covered. We're going to smoke him out of his hole. And then we invaded the wrong country, and there was anthrax, and there was aluminum tubes, and then... You know, Patriot Act and stuff clamped down. Don't worry, we got you covered. So everyone's going into college. Uh, some of them learned some things. They come out. They got degrees that are no good. Um, they've got uh, you know, a $13 an hour job. That's changed now, but $13 an hour doing something they don't like. Uh, oh, by the way, financial crisis. Don't worry, we got you covered. It's all going to work out. This just kept on going and going, and the social contract was broken. So these, these kids, as I call them, they checked out. Like, no, no. Some of them had solutions. Bitcoin is what they're doing. They're creating, you know, a lot of them are just zombifying. 
But these are the smart ones that are switched on. And that's kind of where I, where I found Slim. I'm like, man, we need to do this. And we need to come up with ways to solve all these really big problems. And this is where kind of value for value comes in. So it's a journey that, you know, I've heard the, the value word um, at least 150 times. It's value, value for value, value to value, it doesn't matter. But where does it come from? How can we apply it? Because it sounds really, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I just asked and uh, Brad said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do this pro bono. And it's value for value. But we're doing something here that is the, the actual definition of value for value. Let me take you through what I call the new international lifestyle. I stole this from my buddy Slim because he started saying, oh, no, we're living the new international lifestyle. I said, that's it, Slim. That's my tagline. Value for value, the new international lifestyle. And it is a way what we're living right now. If this works. So in my world, and we'll bring this into the physical world, value for value is three things. Monetization model, how you can make money off of content. It is actually part of the format of the content. As it turns out, as we can all witness here, it's a bit of a lifestyle. So 19, almost 20 years ago, um, I was trying to solve a particular problem. Uh, I'm a radio guy uh, my whole life. I love radio. MTV was just a kind of a, a side shoot. I don't like video at all. Um, but I really didn't like that People would tell me or had control of the airwaves and could tell me how I could actually broadcast, what I could say, what I could do. When I was 15, I worked at a pirate radio station in Amsterdam. So I've had, a, I've had a, quite a, a career of uh, going against the system. And through all these kind of happenstances, we discovered that we don't need stinking transmitters. We can create radio on our own terms. And we actually did a couple of interesting things. Radio used to get in the car, listen to it, your favorite show. If you missed it, you missed it. You know, oh, did you hear what so-and-so? Howard Stern is a great example. I used to live in New Jersey, driving to New York. It was tedious, but because of the Howard Stern show, you know, we had two hours in traffic. You could listen. And if you missed it, you'd be at work. People like, man, you hear what Howard said and all this. Of course, Howard Stern. I don't know who this guy is on Sirius, but there was a different Howard Stern. Um, but podcasting also really changed how we use our time besides being able to determine when we want to listen, we could do more things that turn out to be incredibly valuable. So here's value, right? What, what things do we value? This is kind of my value chart. Uh, I really value my sleep. You know, it's like six, seven hours. If I can get that, I'm really happy. <clears throat> if not, I feel crap. And so then it wasn't very good. Uh, anything, whenever I can learn, if I learn about how you've managed, how you manage your land and going in a circular with the moving the cattle. I mean, seeing it, seeing it and hearing it is so much different than Slim telling me over and over and over again, I had the basics, but see it was so important. Um, entertainment, yeah, it's funny, but I don't really, you know, I don't care that much about it. I may not pay that much for it. Uh, but man, all of a sudden with podcasting, I have doubled my time. This is so valuable. I can do something entirely different while listening to a podcast. And it turns out we're really good at that as humans, especially if it's something mundane, like driving or um, mowing the lawn. <laughs> My boy Eric at home, he mows the lawn listening to podcasts <clears throat> and his THC vape. <clears throat> so how did this come about and how did I learn that you can actually live a value-for-value -value lifestyle? 
So uh, it'll be 15 years, uh, October 26th, John C. Dvorak and I started the No Agenda Show. We're both media professionals. We wanted to deconstruct the media. We wanted to pull it apart, show people how the sausage is made. And of course, the only thing in the sausage is BS. But it's fun. And of course, we expanded and we started to kind of uh, do some of our own research. And, but our own, our own stories, our own history, um, which even goes to climate change. You know, it's like I remember... Uh, Leonard Nimoy, Dr. Spock, doing entire specials on television telling me, we are going to die of cold, <laughs> climate cooling, we are all going to die of the ice age. So, you know, I've been around, I remember when the scientists and everyone in the UK said, oh, I mate, children will never see snow except in a snow globe by 2000. Unbelievable stuff if you've just been around long enough. So we knew that by communicating these ideas on a podcast, that would not be very popular with advertisers. Advertising is always censorship of some kind. Always, always, always. I've lived my, my entire life by advertising. Uh, everything has been advertising driven up until 15 years ago. Uh, and it's unbelievable how crippling it is if you really just want to speak freely. You always have filters on. And everyone you see on television, anyone, anyone in the mainstream, they've got filters running 24-7. They can't even stop it in their, professional, in their, in their personal lives. So we needed to come up with a way um, to get compensated for the work we were doing. We were doing a pretty good show. Um, and so we said, you know, we can't take ads, but why don't you guys, why don't we set up a subscription? And uh, we'll do $5 a month. Uh, maybe it was $5 a show, I think, at the time. And uh, so predictable results. We got, you know, people sending us, you know, signing up. $5, and we looked at that and said, well, we definitely can't eat from this. And we, and we discussed this on the show. This is not going to work. Uh, you know, this is it's just not enough of you doing it. And then we said, why don't you just send us whatever you think the show is worth? $5, $5. But what if um, you went to the movie theater, you took a date, had some popcorn, a drink, 50 bucks, easy. Was our two and a half hours worth the same as your movie experience or not? I don't know. So within a day, we got still a lot of people sending us $5, an enormous amount sending us $50, and several sending us $500, and one $5,000 donation. And so that's when it hit me. Oh, my goodness. I can't determine what you think is valuable. You can't determine what I think is valuable. So the Silicon Valley model of we're going to price this, and you're going to pay whatever we tell you, and that's, that's your, I mean, it's so short-sighted. I think one of the best love songs ever written is the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand. 99 cents? $99 all day long if I can just play it over and over again. This is the type of thing that is completely underestimated and our brains don't really even work that way. And this is the big one. Well, I'll tell you about this in a second. It, it's all on the ask. And that's what Slim intuitively knows. He goes to Brad. He says, man, I need this. Here's my story. Uh, I, I'm providing value into the community in this case. Um, there's, and by the way, there can be all kinds of commercial um, uh, relationships around value for value. Can you help me out? Yes, boom, value for value. It comes back. Now this kind of exchange that was incredibly valuable to Slim, uh, what Slim and the Beef Initiative are doing is incredibly valuable to Brad, that, that kind of that, that market force kind of comes together automatically. But you have to ask. And this is very, very hard. I had a great time. You know, Slim... Uh, now, whenever he's coming through town, I say, you better come over 290 <laughs> so, you can, so we can uh, have you come tell some stories, stay overnight. 
and we throw some KNC beef on the on the on the grill, and uh, uh, and he said, you know, Adam, I, I really really love the idea, but this is not my it's not where I come from. We don't ask for stuff. That's not how I grew up. You don't you know you work hard, you get paid, but it's like begging, and this is so hard. I said, and we, we talked about this for several sessions, and then we were in, we had a lunch, I think, in Kerrville, uh, or just before that, and you mentioned barn raising. I say, that's it. That's how you ask. You're doing barn raising. You need, and a barn raising, everyone comes out to help. The whole community comes. So that was, I think that really struck it for you, and everybody has to, whatever you're doing, you need to find your way to ask. It is the hardest thing. When you ask for blessings, forgiveness, I mean, there's, you can learn how to ask. And when you ask, people return the value. And you will always be blown away by how much more they may value than you ever thought possible. So this turns into a feedback loop on, uh, on our show. This is where it comes into a content format where, man, it works the best if you have people sending you support, little note, you read their note, that immediately it entices everybody. It motivates people. It's aspirational. Um, you know, people, nothing on our show we came up with ourselves. They came up, well, if I've donated $1,000, you're a knight. Why should the queen, oh, God bless her, why should the queen have that, or the king, why should the king have that right? You know, and we're going to give you all kinds of things when you reach certain levels. And amazing things have come out of this community. And I think, how many people are, have listened to No Agenda who are here? <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm blown away by that. No idea. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of ranchers and Bitcoiners. <laughs> so, I'm going to come back to you again in a minute there, Slim. Just a little bit of the history of how we've digitized this with Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. And this happened at the same time. Uh, everything started to lock down. I'd done Joe's show. I've been on four times now, which is phenomenal. But the first time I was on, and the markets crashed. Bitcoin went down to 4,000. I look at Tina, and I say, I'm not going to make the mistake I made in 2016. We're buying. And she said, yes, we are. So we bought. Then I got a lightning node and started to figure it out. And very quickly, I saw that despite what it's really kind of being used for and all love to lightning labs, this was finally making one thing possible that Silicon Valley has been promising forever. Uh, and there's two things that they've always promised. One is your refrigerator will know when you're out of milk and it will automatically restock it for you. I'm still waiting for that. But micropayments, real small fraction of a penny micropayments, which they're not actually that interested in, but I saw it and said, oh my, oh my. I can broadcast an MP3 audio. You're hearing that. It's just ones and zeros. And simultaneously, I'm going to send back ones and zeros of Bitcoin at a value I determine. Yeah, some people do. It's every minute. So you know, maybe do a, a 60th of a dollar uh, or what, whatever you feel is necessary. Um, and, and this concept has grown into a way to share value digitally with the software developer who makes the app, with, with people who help with the podcast. Um, if you really want to learn about it, you know, podcastindex.org or valueforvalue.info will give you a little bit more. Um, this is really it. It puts you at the center of all the market forces because you determine value. You can walk away from something. You can have an ongoing dialogue, a good conversation, and you will come to that commonplace. 
Now, a little bit about what you've done for me, Slim. Um, you know, I, don't, I can't remember your real name. You're Texas Slim. You always will be. <laughs> Very cheap. Um, so as I mentioned, um, uh, I've been married. Well, my wife and I have been together almost eight years, married for a couple. Um, and it's really been fantastic to find this love later in life. Um, in our case, it's fortunate we had children with other people. So we kind of jumped into empty nesterhood. Um, and Tina was, for a while that she was working, she, she was a, a chief communications officer for Ronald McDonald Charities. That's actually how we met. She was running all Ronald McDonald House Communications uh, in Austin. And I was doing some work for them, and that's how we met. Uh, but she, she'd been doing that all her life. She decided to kind of semi-retire. She said, I, I want to go do something. She wants to be busy. She worked in retail. And then we moved to Fred, and she was in retail again. But it really is slow, uh, particularly during the week. And you can just see her kind of shutting down a little bit. Just, you know, you, know, you start doom scrolling on Twitter and Facebook. And, um, but also, like most women in the world, she too had been completely psyoped by the food industrial complex. Um, you know, she, oh no, red meat, no, that'll give you. I mean, not that she didn't eat red meat, but you know, I'm careful because you know, saturated fats is going to clog my arteries, it's going to be in my in, in my intestines for years. Um, also, horrible body image, which is completely psychologically manipulated on every single woman in the world. It is disgusting, um, and uh, Instagram just exacerbates that, makes it much worse, and. She's had always had trouble trying to maintain what she felt would be good weight. She doesn't measure, she, it, she does it by how her clothes fit. She doesn't even want to stand on a scale. So through these sessions that Slim is coming through town, uh, he's talking about animal protein, talking about what it does for you, for your body, and he's just going through his, his rap, right? And she's going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get some, you know, a quarter cow from KNC, and so we're cooking stuff. And then she decides just uh, two weeks ago, uh, this is, I think, uh, just before you came through the last time, or just after you came through the last time, Slim, she's going to um, do the 75 hard challenge, which is you know, a crazy-ass workout for 75 days. But in addition to that, she's going to do the carnivore code. And so she, you know, we're, and she's like, I hope you don't mind because you know, we might have to have hamburgers for breakfast. I'm saying, dude, I'm a dude. Are you kidding me? This is fantastic. Steak, hamburger. So... And, and now I feel fantastic, but I see her. It's like her whole face, she lights up. She's happy in the morning, and it's just everything is open up. And I've heard three, four stories from people personally. And we, you know, we heard one on stage here from the Meat Mafia. This is, this is miracle stuff. So I am in your debt, sir, for, uh, for beef-pilling us, if you will. <laughs> it was really, really fantastic. So there's this interesting correlation between podcasting, Bitcoin, um, and the people who use those or are aware of those. Now, almost everyone's probably heard of podcasts, Bitcoin, maybe you're just getting into it, maybe you've been in it for a long time. But this is, this is what I think Slim identified, is when you have a common code, a common language, is Bitcoin, you're, when you meet someone, and words, I'm a Bitcoiner, or... You know, I've been looking at Bitcoin, or I've been researching it. Your relationship is already a week further than someone who hasn't had that. So then you can get into trust and relationship and speaking about things very quickly, which is exactly how we came together. Because 
If we had, if we had bumped into each other on the street 10 years ago, I'd probably been like, oh, I'm a crazy hippie cowboy. Let me walk over here. And I'm sure a lot of you would have like walked around me like, not that Hollywood douche, you know, whatever. So coming together here is really, really important. So this is what I call the parallel system. Um, and we're building it right now. I didn't really know it was going to happen that way. It just kind of, you know, just, it came to be all more or less the same time. You know, and that's when I, I was talking to you and I mentioned food intelligence and then, you know, just things pop around and we're growing. And so now we have parallel system number one, which is food, nutrition. I mean, my job is obviously keep the communications open so that we can't be censored. And I, we succeeded in that. We have the, um, we have the uh, censorship resistant payment system, which is equally as important, which can be applied to any type, certainly online, any type of online media can be done value for value. But what we're seeing here is the physical reality of it. So when Slim came into my life and he starts talking, you know, of course, we had the Bitcoin values together. But he says, no, man, a cow is proof of work. Oh! And then who was, um, I don't remember who was telling me uh, that uh, the cow used to be the bank account or for the rancher and the, uh, and the processing center is the checking account. I'm like, oh my God, you can apply this everywhere where value is stored, how it's stored. Of course, you can't keep a cow in your head. You know, you can keep a Bitcoin, uh, 12 words in your head and you can be good to go. So all of these things start to come together and we need to build a lot more of them. Food intelligence, slim. Uh, I'm doing, uh, you know, the, the communications. We talked a lot about homeschooling today. This is the beauty. We have all the technology at our fingertips. Every single, and, and it's, we have open source technology. So you don't have to use Zoom, et cetera. You can use other things. Um, and we all need to educate each other on that. That's so big. And then this is actually an old slide I had. You know, we need some telemedicine. Boom. Enter uh, crowd health. Are you kidding me? You look at crowd health like this is this is a parallel system. So I am convinced. I've been deconstructing media. Uh, I've been in media, but deconstructing media for a long time. Um, we can't fix what's going on right now. We can't fix. We can do a couple of things. One is make sure we're resilient. We're censorship resistant. Make sure that we have the systems we we need when stuff comes crumbling down. And you know, I share the, uh, uh, the fear of what is happening to ranchers and farmers. I, I really do. And um, I grew up in the Netherlands, so, you know, and I, <laughs> as I forgotten a lot in my life, but I, I think about growing up, you know, we had to get the potatoes from the field. I worked in the, in the rose uh, uh, glass houses, you know, <laughs> which may sound glamorous, but when you, you know, at the end of the summer, you're like, you just all cut up <laughs> from uh, all across your arm. Um, you know, we used to, Hear sheep, and I've learned how to do some stuff. Um, but you forget about how important it is to be close to that, and for it to be not this fiat. You know, I, I'm, I'm so freaked out, and it's hard for me to explain to other people all the time. You're not eating food, man. This is not this, and your your Texas beef. It's going to China. It's sold as caviar. You know, it's good stuff. You're getting crap here. So these things are of critical critical importance. Everybody has a role to play. And I think just this Beef Initiative conference here, I think enough uh, different connections have been made that we can come up with, we need some physical distribution networks. Um, you know, certainly uh, seeing what's going on with you know, the prices of uh, distribution uh, locally and, uh, and across country, it's almost impossible to, uh, to afford that. 
Um, we need a lot of different things. So we've got Bitcoin to connect us. Find your Bitcoin people. Um, make sure that you, know, that you seek these people out because they will all individually have something that you can contribute to the society that we need to have kind of working for everybody. Important to say, we're not going to red pill, orange pill, beef pill everybody in the world. Sorry, there's going to be a lot of zombies. That's what it is. This group, your families, your communities, you're going to build, you're going to grow, you're going to continue to hopefully build something that is, you know, I almost call it America 2.0 is what it feels like sometimes. Um, and local politics. This is the key. Local, local, local. The mistake my generation made in the 80s and 90s, man, we were making money, it was, it was sexy, we had just party, fantastic school board. That's some loser who couldn't get a better gig. You know, city council, please. And now you see. Now you see what's happened. So parents especially, make sure you, you know, double down on that local politics. So that's kind of a brief overview of value for value. Is there any, are there any questions or anything I can discuss that you'd like to hear about? Man, I did it. Everybody gets it. <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of an interesting question because my partner on the show, John C. Dvorak, um, has a, a huge Bitcoin phobia, not for Bitcoin itself, but for Bitcoin touching the company. We have an LLC partnership um, because, you know, that could trigger taxes and all kinds of problems. Um, personally, I'm pretty convinced his issue is that he had the opportunity, like me, to buy a lot of Bitcoin uh, or get it for free in uh, 2010, and he's pissed that he didn't. Um, but the Lightning Network has actually, and I don't know if we should go into the details of it, but it actually makes everything, A, that much more understandable and accountable to a vendor. Um, and with IBEX, you, you can shuttle directly through to, uh, to, your, uh, to your fiat accounts. Um, the Lightning Network makes, we call it Layer 2, that makes Bitcoin completely usable, programmable for any scenario. And what I like about IBEX and these guys, you know, they can customize for anybody's situation. Um, it's scary, though. So, you know, my part, he's a little older than I am. You know, I'm working him. We're going to get there through systems like this where it's not direct, um, but it's, uh, it is clearly something that is going to work for the future. The Lightning Labs has put, stake their future on it so you could literally go, you know, from yen to the Lightning Network to dollars. There's all these different things, and we'll need to do that. We can't be completely... Um, militaristic about our use of, uh, of fit, uh, fiat versus Bitcoin will have to integrate for some time because I know that you know uh, uh, White Oak Pastures, they're you know it's a they're going to have a little bit of a process getting into this. Like okay, you know everyone everyone's used to doing the kind of the thing they've been doing forever, and now we introduce something new. It's scary. It's challenging, um, but it is the technology that will do it. And I'm you know I'm completely sold on that. I see nothing but. Uh, but fair wins for this. Sir. Oh, oh man, cool. I got a mic in the audience. Just, just said stand up. I'm like the only one today that's stand up. Right, uh, I'm going to sit down now. Okay. Uh, Adam, your show's amazing. How, how, as far as the success of your donations and the financial success, 
the ask is important. You mentioned that. How much do you attribute to like the levels of uh, donation that people have given your your? I mentioned to you real briefly. You know, your use of rituals is genius, and it's cool, man. It's very. I mean, it's it's very engaging. Uh, how much do you attribute to that or to um, you know people attaining higher status levels? It's the old you know bronze, silver, gold, but more elaborate. And it's hard to understand, which is even cooler. You know, you have to go into a page and really, re- I mean, it's phenomenal. So, um, Well, first of all, we, uh, when, we, when we made this switch 15 years ago, we decided to not call our audience listeners. We decided to call them producers. And we said, you have a responsibility. And here comes a cool little biblical thing we slipped in. Uh, you need to contribute time, talent, or treasure. It'll be all three. Uh, so guess what? A lot of people contrib- contributed time and talent. We haven't set up or paid for a server in at least 13 years. All the infrastructure, every website, search engines, everything is done by the value of the No Agenda community. Um, uh, meetups is another thing. You know, so this was, uh, we, we organized a meetup or two and it'd be 100 people. And it was great. But um, now uh, you go to noagendameetups.com. We, didn't, we don't run it. Sir Daniel, he, uh, he created it. Uh, there's a meetup almost every single day of the week, multiple all across the world. From you know Japan to Russia to Istanbul, um, all across the United States, and these are—it's very much like this actually. Small groups of people getting together. They have one thing in common: no agenda. That could be, you know, you see the same with with Bitcoin meetups. So all everything came from the people. We we never came up with all of these rituals and ideas. We really didn't. People would just uh, send a donation in and say, you know, here's uh, um, I want some karma for this. Another like I. I don't, what do you mean by karma? Oh, I just sent you a jingle with a bell and a harp. Okay, we'll be using that for 15 um, So it, it all comes from the, we literally, we're unsellable. You can't get rid of, the only way this podcast can end is after we both pass away. Uh, and even then, I mean, who knows what will come out of it. It is truly owned and operated by the entire community. And no one really knows exactly, but it's about one and a half million people around the world. It's crazy. Um, and that's the beautiful thing with value for value. I don't need to have meetings with advertisers. I don't need to look at numbers. Oh, well, how many CPMs did I get? No. Um, hey, John, can we pay rent? Yeah, we can pay rent. Good. We're doing okay. Yeah, and that's scary too, by the way. That's very frightening. I mean, when I made that switch, I went from, I actually left my own company. I was making $250,000 a year, paying my, it was, I had health insurance. Um, and that all had to end for me to do it full time. I had a, a Cessna 182 airplane, loved it, ate that on the way. You know, so it, it took some sacrifice. And just like all of you Bitcoiners know, and obviously ranchers and farmers, freedom always requires an extra step. You know, isn't it, you're not going to get an, an Apple iOS experience when you're really doing something that involves freedom. So with the people who kind of figured that out, we've created this environment. And to get into it, you have to kind of step into what you call the rituals. We didn't, we didn't create the, the, the levels. The levels existed since the middle, medieval times. We just applied it to what we're doing. And, and we don't track any people on the honor system. It's so nice, man. It's like, I don't have to worry about, like the guys said, okay, we want a no agenda shop. We want to put on t-shirts and hats and hoodies. Go for it. But what do you want for it? Nothing. If, you know, when you make some money, send the artist something who did the, and send us a donation. It's been going on for 10 years. I mean, it, now I'm sure Brad is going, oh man, IP, this is wrong. 
and I need to have a chat with him because there's some interesting things we can do with IP and value for value. What's been the most valuable thing you've learned from starting your podcast to now? Be a pod, uh, your podcast. Most valuable thing. Um, you mean for, for success? Very easy. This is, this is surprising. I learned it myself by being a consumer of podcasts. If you do a podcast, try to release it on the same time, same day, whatever your cycle is, week, month, whatever. If you can release, if you are... Monday release schedule, do it on Monday, try to have it around the same time. The reason why people schedule their lives around you. It's unbelievable. We, we, after 15 years, I said to John, I said, man, I'm tired of getting up at 5 a.m. on show days. You know, I'd like to get up at 7. I basically get up at 5 every day then if you get up two days a week at 5. So, you know, we've been doing this for 15 years. We move it two hours later. We do it live so there are people listening. Oh, my. The disruption to people's lives. I'm not kidding. Man, I always drive home on this time and the show's not ready. So, and what happens is it happened to me. Uh, I, lo- I love listening to Orange Pill, uh, Max and Stacy. And, you know, they, they were changing. Anyway, the show just kind of stopped becoming regular. And this was my Sunday, uh, I'm in the shower show. And so that void opened up and now I started listening to something else. So as a podcaster, that even though you can do it whenever you want because by subscription, you ask me the most valuable thing I've learned is just that. Uh, try to do it on that time. So uh, recently with my podcast, I found a lot of success with turning the listener into a part of the show. So decentralizing the show. Actually got the idea from you, of course. Um, so can you speak a little bit about like being able to provide uh, a contributor, a split without having to sign any contracts and how that enhances the product overall? Uh, wow, okay. Um, so I've, we've never done contracts um, with anything or anyone. In Podcasting 2.0, you can split any payment sent to you amongst any number of recipients and determine the percentage each person gets. So you literally, if you have a co-host, you can say 40% for me, 40% for you, 5% for the producer, and 5% for my mom. She lent us the money. Uh, for the for the studio and and in perpetuity, by the way, that just keeps on going. You can do it per episode. So you have a guest, you can give that guest a piece, and that guest will get that in perpetuity, but not from all the other stuff. Um, now, in order to now with contracts, and this this is not the world of contracts anymore. The contract is in the key. I mean, you can go look right on podcastindex.org. You can click on a podcast. You can see who's getting what, how much, what their percentage is. That's your contract. It's more a social contract than anything. And of course, to do it, uh, you can onboard through Fountain or podcasterwallet.com. Uh, any, and actually, Fountain lets you manage that inside, uh, inside the app. Hey, um, I, I'm curious about the, the on, on uh, podcasting. I know you are, I created that whole um, Growing? How's it looking? Are you what, what metrics do you tell if it's growing? Is it lighting network payments? Or I, I guess I don't know a lot about it. Right? Well, podcasting 2.0 is two things. One is it's an, an, in, an independent alternative index of all podcasts that so it, we don't care what is in your podcast. If you're in, you're in. Um, 
we created with that 15 new features and we enabled um, 59 software developers and services and companies to create new podcasting experiences based upon that. They don't pay us. We don't charge them. It's, it's value for value. Uh, if there's a, if someone sends a payment, we get 1% and that's voluntary. They don't have to give it to us, but everybody does. So we're part of the ecosystem. So we track more by number of transactions, not how much. Um, and um, the beautiful thing about value for value in the podcasting world is you don't have to really look at metric. You know, there's 9,000 podcasts that are podcast uh, uh, value for value enabled. You don't really have to look at, um, at, at metrics per se, because even with the smallest audience, you can already be receiving value. One listener can start streaming you value in return. Whereas if you are advertising based, again, censorship, you can't even talk about a competing product. Um, you have to have at least 10,000 downloads a month just to even consider it. And then you're going to make you know, 25 bucks where you can create a community, use the value for value system with the notes, with the boostergrams to create the ongoing dialogue with the audience. And they actually build the show. For, it's not for every podcast different types of podcasts, but they actually, in this case, they've really built, uh, built up the show with their comments, their feedback, et cetera. Um, that's the metric. Um, not, you know, not how much, uh, how much is it being used or we don't care. I mean, we don't have to, none of the apps have to be number one. You know, fine. You want your fiat experience? You do it over there. You want something different? You get Podverse or Fountain or Curiocast or newpodcastapps.com. Uh, it's, it's unnecessary. Uh, Will was saying today, um, uh, man, I wish I remember how you said it, but you said we've, we've, oh, it was about the uh, online commerce. We're not growing, we're shifting it over. And that was beautiful. I really loved that because most corporations, you know, when you talk about uh, commodity uh, uh, farming and ranching, it's like grow, 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 20% year over year, got to be more and more. You're like, no, no, we're just shifting it natural shift, natural progression to online where, where of course there is future, but we're not necessarily looking to grow. I love that. Yes. Scalable versus replicatable. Now it's, you are the definition of a gentleman and a scholar, by the way. Yes. You are so nice to that guy on Fox, on Fox business. You are so nice to him. Russell Brand saw it, of course. Yeah. Well, I think I don't think we need to try and fix those people. I think we need to reach out to the ones who are who are lost and need help. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there's a reason to bring in a Bluffton. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for your courage, Adam. Yeah, thank you. Um, have you given any thought to expanding the value for value model to services that may include overhead services? Oh, I, 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 yes. I mean, so this. <laughs> Value for value can be implemented. Once you get your head around it, it can be implemented in so many ways. So first of all, we're going to do it for music. This is obvious. I mean, music makes so much sense. To use it. it won't be in a podcast app. It'll be in a music app, and it'll be exactly the same concepts, but presented in a different way. Um, the ask is a little more interesting. How does an artist do an ask? Um, but we're, you know, so the, the, the value for value there would be uh, a song, the composer, writer, and then, of course, we can do something which is unheard of in the traditional music, in the fiat music business. We can add into that uh, performer, band members, whoever played, et cetera. That's not how it works in 
the world of Spotify and Apple. So many different licenses, and you know, it just doesn't work anymore. Um, but when you start to think about all the different things you can connect to a lightning payment, you know, um, we were just talking the other day, like uh, we're gonna, you know, there's people who make jingles all the time. And so I want a soundboard, which is you know, like a card machine where I, you know, I can play my jingles. But it, when I play something by someone who sent that in to me, every single time I hit it, I want a thousand sats to go to them. And we can do that now. I mean, I can almost do that with my, with my minimal scripting skills. So um, I think we can implement this in, in so I mean, if real, real far out future, but why wouldn't buying um, a, a cat, a cow, or a hog, or whatever, why wouldn't there be a value split all the way down the line to whomever touched that? not trying to get into your business, but I can envision it. I can see how instead of traditional salary, you know, you get a, you get a piece of the split, the value of this animal. And there's so many things that it can be applied to. We, we got some work to do because it takes a lot of change of thinking, you know, from here's the price to here's how we want to do it. And here's how I compensate people along the line. We showed that with the, with the, with the software developers, with the app developers, they, when Joe Rogan was still on regular, even any big podcast, they get $100,000 a month, $200,000 a month. You're listening to it on an app, and the developer of that app, he didn't, he's not in that deal flow. He didn't get any of that. He maybe can you know, get you to subscribe for a premium option with premium features for $2.99 a month. No, now he's in there. He says, my app is so valuable. The work that I put in, you get charged 4% if you use my app when you send money through it, everyone's cool with it. Not a single complaint. So now they're in the flow as well. So that kind of service, you can split it up like that infinitely. And, and what we're doing is not the only way to do it. There's LNURL. There's, I mean, there's, it, this is going so fast right now. The speed, we didn't have anything two and a half years ago. Now we got Albi wallets. and you know, There's all kinds of issues. And we have to learn custodial versus you know, sovereign. We have to go through some learning curves with everybody. But man, we are so underway. It's an explosion that is bubbling under, and you're not going to hear about it on CZ. One more question. Last question of the night. Oh, come on, man. Sing, sing, for, sing for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he can sing, too. I'll bet you you can sing. Okay, so attend biweekly meetups in Denver. It was all I could do. <laughs> <laughs> to keep from crying. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't sing for shit, man. I want to thank you all so much for being here. Um, if you haven't, if we haven't met already, let's definitely do that. Um, before anyone leaves, as again, I'll be here uh, today, tomorrow, not leaving until Monday. Uh, thank you all for coming. It's been a, a joy and quite a privilege. <laughs>